This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you've joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's my prayer for you, that your heart will be full of joy. I pray that for everyone who listens to Equip. And I have a special place in my heart for pastors uh, because I know that uh, the calling of God is uh, significant. It is weighty. It is often challenging. But I also know there's no greater calling, in my humble opinion, and the opportunity to influence people uh, in their walk with Christ is so, so important. So today we want to have that conversation. We want to help pastors keep their sanity. How do you do that? Well, I, I'm glad you asked. We're going to talk to a couple of leaders about that in just a moment. But I would be remiss if I did not start this program by saying thank you, thank you, and thank you. You know, as we come to the end of another calendar year, I'm just in awe of the generosity, the outpouring of God's grace through your generosity. And every day I want to just uh, carve out time to express how much I appreciate that. So thank you to Michelle in Clinton Township. Thank you to Beverly in Ohio, to Jean in Illinois. Thank you to Royal in Florida. Thank you to Majesty in Florida as well. What a great name. Marianne in Colorado, Alicia in Illinois, just a few names of those who have recently given their support to Equip. I'm so grateful we could not be here every day to equip Christians to more effectively live, share, and defend our faith if it were not for your partnership in the gospel. I'm grateful as we approach the end of another year that God has seen fit that every day this year, We've been able to broadcast, and man, you think about all the things that happened this year, from social unrest to wars to political tensions, and every day we get a chance to shine the light on the glory of the gospel and uh, the hope we have in Christ. Uh, so thank you for your support, and if you've been listening and Equip has been an encouragement to you and you have yet, yet to support the program, can you consider giving a generous year-end tax-deductible gift today. We're about $2,800 away from our monthly budgeted goal. That's not a lot, uh, but yet uh, I think today, through your generosity, we can get there. So if you have been so blessed and encouraged by the program, could you consider calling 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Or if it's easier, go to equipradio.org. Well, there's certain times you're excited about the guests that you have. Certain times you're excited about the topic. Then there's days like today 
when you are excited about both. Today, we get a chance to feature a resource simply entitled, You're Not Crazy, Gospel Sanity for Weary Churches. And the uh, co-authors are with me today. First, Ray Ortland. Ray has been a friend to the program. What an encourager he is. He is president of Renewal Ministries. He's also the pastor to pastors at Emmanuel Nashville Church, and he joins us today. Ray, how are you? I'm really well. Thank you, Chris, for the privilege of having this time with you and our friends who are listening. Sam Albrary, another great friend and uh, such a thoughtful leader uh, to the church in this uh, very important but yet complex hour that we find ourselves in. He's a pastor at Emmanuel Nashville as well. He's also a theologian as well as a senior fellow to Oxford Center for Christian Apologetics. Sam, how are you? I'm well, Chris. It's always good to, to join you. Thanks for having me. Hey, I've been listening to the podcast you guys have been doing, and uh, I share it with you both. I think I can listen to Ray and Sam talk about anything. Uh, It is just icing on the cake that you guys have decided to talk about how to encourage the church in this uh, all-too-wearying season. Uh, Ray, why don't you just let me know, let us know, how this project came about? Mm. Yeah, Chris, we Sam and I uh, have experienced something at Emanuel Church in Nashville that for us was very life-giving. And we came to call it gospel culture because gospel doctrine, the message of the Bible, the good news about Jesus, his grace for the undeserving. Okay, that truth doesn't just hang in midair as an abstraction. That truth comes down and creates a new kind of culture in this world of anger and separation and aloofness. And that culture is honest. It is uh, gentle. That culture is, it feels like you're walking into an environment where you can actually open up and talk about what isn't going well in your life and you're not going to be scolded and you Mm. can support one another. It's a for you church culture. And we've experienced that and, and it means the world to us. We just want everybody to experience that. Yeah. That's so good, and and I think that it is the heart of every pastor to have a church like that, like what you just described. I don't know of a pastor who doesn't want that, but yet, Sam, when we go to seminary, uh, somehow along the way, that is replaced with measuring nickels and noses, right? Mm. How do you know you're successful? Well, how's the budget doing? Uh, are more people coming week after week? Um, and certainly that has its place. But when you're talking to Pastor Sam about what they need to be looking to for measuring success, what encouragement are you giving? And, and Ray, you can speak to this as well. But Sam, uh, what what encouragement are you giving to where we look at? Yeah, it's such a good observation, and I, I think you know we have some very fine seminaries in this land that we are we are very thankful for. But even seminary, even the best ones, can still feel like it's a performative kind of dynamic. And are you being successful at seminary? And you you take that mindset with you into local church ministry, 
I think two things stand out for me. One is how honest do people feel able to be? Um, a, a good metric is, is this a church where any kind of sinner feels safe confessing their sin? Um, because I've been to churches with, with wonderful Bible teaching where that's not always been the case. Yeah. And I think corresponding to that is do we, do we leave church really encouraged and, and Ray often puts it, do we sort of float out of church or do we stagger out of church weighed down by the, the, the sort of this week's big challenge and burden and try harder, do more kind of mentality. So those would be two things I would look for. Ray. Mm. Yeah. When we're out in the world all week long, we never measure up. We never completely belong. Um, and when we come to church on Sunday morning, we're walking into the, the finished work of Christ on the cross. We're walking into completeness already established for us. Uh, we don't have to um, uh, bring our own impressiveness. That's actually counterproductive. And what Sam and I have come to realize uh, so vividly in, in such a renewing and reviving way is that creating a church culture where that experience of relief and comfort and rest is the predominant experience for the people. Yeah, yeah. Man, we want, we want everybody to have that. You know, I think about the difference between two words, uh, do and done. Mm. And um, just how those two words, so close, but yet so radically different. And you used the term relief. You know, when I think of the word do, I'm thinking of, man, I need to try harder, more, you know, um, bigger. When I think of the word done, I think of rest and I can receive mm -hmm. uh, the finished work of Christ. Um, Sam, what's your hope for those who pick up You're Not Crazy? Who were you thinking about, too, when you wrote it? Well, we're thinking especially of pastors, obviously, but but also those who really feel tangibly the stake that they have in the health of their local church. And we called it "You're Not Crazy" because our, our it, it's something we've we've said to each other many times. Um, Every pastor if, if needs you're, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if you're longing for church to be a place of relief, of safety, of being able to be lifted up by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our message is you're not crazy. And let, let's, let's try to stagger towards that together. Um, so we, we mentioned weary churches because we live in such a wearying uh, cultural time. It is, it is so divisive, so angry, so condemning. Yeah. And church needs to be the place where we feel relieved to arrive, where actually mm -hmm. the, that finished work of Christ, I love that do and done comparison, but where the doneness of the gospel feels tangible from the moment you walk in, that it, there's a sense of relief now. It's okay now. I'm going to open up the phone lines today at 877-LIVE-675. I'll give that number again, 877-548-3675. 
Um, I, in particular, would love, at least in this first half an hour, if you are a pastor, maybe you're an elder, maybe you're a leader within your church, and you feel the weariness of ministry, you feel the weight of that, um, you maybe even have been rehearsing in your mind or even in meetings together about how weary uh, this season has been for you, I would love for you to give a call. Uh, maybe Ray and Sam and their years of ministry, thoughtfulness can can share wisdom with you. Uh, but if nothing else, man, what a joy it would be to be your prayer partner today. I don't know if you have a prayer partner, but we would love to be your prayer partner today. The phone number, 877-548-3675. Now, I will say this, even though I, I speak in terms of church leaders and pastors and elders and deacons and all those who help to serve in, in leadership, the book is not restricted at all. I think there's a benefit for every member of the body of Christ to read You're Not Crazy, who longed for this type of environment that Ray and Sam have described to us. Uh, one, one more question, Ray, before we go to break, and I find this so utterly unique about your book. This is, uh, on one hand, a leadership book. On the other hand, it's a liturgy book. Talk about the structure of the book. Well, what we try to do is think our way through a Sunday morning ministry at a, a typical American evangelical church. Uh, what happens uh, when the doors open and the people walk in? What happens during the service? What happens during the sermon? What happens during the benediction and afterward? And how can the total experience, not just the sermon, not just the appeal at the end of the sermon, but how can the entire service, the public ministry of the gospel, be a full experience of um, reassurance and life-giving hope yeah. for the undeserving? And that happens to be all of us. So it's a great way to sort of think through. The book is, is helps us think through how we can make the gospel a presence, a felt presence in everything we do in our public ministry. You know, we're going to talk about this. And, and I'm telling you, from the welcome all the way to the benediction, you guys have thought through this so helpfully and I'm telling you, just the welcome in and of itself is such a powerful conversation. So, friends, we're going to take a break. While we're on this break, I would love for you to venture over to our website at EquipRadio.org. Find out how to order your copy if you're not crazy. It's very simply there uh, in the information section for our guests today, Ray Ortland, Sam Alberry. I want to encourage you to go over there to our website. I also want you to stick and stay because on the other side of this break, we're going to take your calls to pray, to encourage your heart, and to remind you today that you're not crazy. We're going to provide some gospel sanity for weary churches. So grateful to have Ray and Sam on with me. You stick and stay. Much more to come next up on Equip. Do you 
long for joy that supersedes your circumstances? Did you know that some of the most joyful people have endured unbelievable trauma? Because living joyfully is all about the habits we create in our daily lives. That's why I want to send you the four habits of joy-filled people by Dr. Marcus Warner and Chris Corsi. They combine spiritual truth with proven brain science to guide us into joyful living. This life-changing book can be yours with a gift of any amount to equip. Simply call 888-644-4144 or visit EquippedRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. So grateful to have Sam Albury, Ray Ortland with me today as we really encourage you to pick up a copy of the book, You're Not Crazy, Gospel Sanity for Weary Churches. I want to go to the phone lines, uh, man. Uh, we said something in this first segment about creating an environment in which um, sinners feel safe and um, confession can happen. And that provoked a call, and I want to go to the phone lines. John is listening in Chicago. John, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your question today? Yeah, I would love to hear uh, how your congregation uh, handles registered sex offenders who are trying, you know, who are repenting and trying to walk with, Christ and want to do that in the faith community. Many churches uh, are now publicly taking stands that registered sex offenders are not welcome. Um, And that goes against the gospel. I understand it's a hard issue. Um, And I'd love to hear some wisdom on how your church and Chris, you, um, how you're going to help us to navigate that. And, and if I'm right, John, um, you're a former pastor yourself, right? Correct. Long, yeah, long time I, ago. Yeah. Well, I, first off, I appreciate that. And I'm super grateful for you calling Ray, Sam. It doesn't get more complicated. But I think this is a practical question to the type of environment and ethos you both talked about wanting to create. So, Ray, maybe start with you, Sam. You add any thoughts? Yes, it, uh, a safe church uh, does not mean that uh, anyone can come in and do whatever they want, say whatever they want. A safe church is where no one has the right to jeopardize somebody else's safety as yeah. they're learning how to walk with God. So a registered sex offender uh, must disclose that to the leaders of the church and they will help him form a plan for how he can participate in the life of that church without jeopardizing the experience of Christ for anyone else in that church. Yeah. yeah. So he, he, he has a place to go where he can grow and, and change over time through Christ. And in that place, no one has any reason to fear him or brace themselves when he shows up. That's both, it's a both and, not an either or. Yeah. Um, Sam, any additional thoughts on that? No, I agree with everything Ray just said there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the, the 
and I love the question, John. I think the complexity of our day is that, you know, as shepherds, we have the responsibility of protecting the flock, right? And so, so much has come out over the last several years about sex abuse within the church. And we can't talk about a safe place without talking about how do we protect or guard against that. But also, we are a place where sinners come to repent, to find redemption, transformation. And I would want that for every man and woman, including those who have uh, been or are registered sex offenders. So much would play into this. Like, did I discover this apart from the person or did the person come uh, to me as a pastor or as a leader. But I would agree with Ray that I would want to pray with that person. I would want to provide even personal mentorship from someone within our leadership team to say, hey, can you walk with this person? And uh, in personal accountability. Um, but I would want that person to feel like I can be a part of this community, but I can also know that for my own protection, for the protection of others, someone's going to help me to keep watch over my Mm -hmm. own soul and over my own actions. Mm -hmm. John, thank you so much uh, for calling. Um, Ray, I want to talk to you about something I heard you mention, and it touched my heart so deeply when I first heard you share it. Um, I, I heard you share your welcome before I heard the story, the backstory of the 10th Prez connection. But you mm-hmm. heard a welcome from 10th Prez in Philadelphia, very respected church in, in Philadelphia, really beyond that. But but talk about this welcome, what it is and why it's so important. Yeah. Well, when in the early days of Emmanuel Church, it was a church plant here in Nashville. Uh, we thought through how can we create an environment here where here in the Bible Belt, Chris, where people have expectations that when they come to church, uh, they're going to be heavily exhorted um, and so forth. And it's going to be externally, uh, the emphasis will be on external behavior modification. That's kind of what we expect of quote unquote Christianity around here. So how can we create a a different experience, a different environment? And I found on the homepage of the website of 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia, this magnificent old call to worship. And I read it and my heart leaped when I saw it. So we began to use it at Emmanuel. And you know, a guy told me once, he said, Ray, I risked getting a speeding ticket to get to church on time because I needed to hear the call to worship. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard that before. Yeah. So it's, it's very simple. Um, so I stand there and uh, there's no big hype. Uh, there's no good morning, everybody. And, you know, right. uh, just stand there and with gentleness and pastoral uh, sincerity say, to all who are weary and need rest, to all who mourn and long for comfort, to all who fail and desire strength, and to all who sin and need a savior. This church opens wide her doors with a welcome from Jesus himself. Welcome. Mm. 
And that sets the tone, Chris, for everything that follows after that. Sam, just talk about the impact of that. I mean, I'm sure you've probably heard stories, but talk about the impact of that welcome. It's so important. And I've met many people at Emmanuel now who, when I ask them their origin story of how they came to be at Emmanuel, I've heard so many people say, well, came to the church, not really being sure what to make of it, but heard the call to worship and never, never looked back. I remember meeting one guy who, you know, he could, he could have killed me with his thumb. Just that, that kind of <laughs> huge guy. And, uh, and he said to me, I came to Manuel because my wife knew someone here. And I just thought this is not going to be my kind of place. And he said, Ray did the call to worship and I burst into tears and we've never been anywhere else. Um, I think it just, it gives a sense of consolation. It immediately ta- flips on its head the whole, I've got to be here to perform Christianly mm-hmm. um, and get my kind of Christian visa renewed for another week. Um, it just reassures <laughs> mm-hmm. that we're, it's, it's church for failures. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're not, we're not here because we think we're good and we've got our Christianity to the point where it would look great on Instagram. We're, we're here with all our real mess and, that's who the gospel is for. So it, it sometimes we get there by the end of a service in, in a typical church service, but it's lovely to arrive on that note. And then the rest of the service can be going into the relief that we have by being in the presence of Jesus together. You know, two, two things that minister to my heart about it, gentlemen. One is the fact that it is so grace-filled. If we're going to talk about the gospel, we have to not only model grace, but embody it. And I think that welcome embodies it in such a beautiful way. Um, And secondly, I love the fact that we are included in that. It's not simply a you statement. It's a we statement. Friends, um, if you were moved by the welcome, you'll be moved by the entire book. You're not crazy. Gospel Sanity for Weary Churches. We're going to take more of your calls but you can order your copy of the book for you, for your leadership team at your church. You can do that at equipradio.org. Don't go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks, having a fascinating conversation about creating gospel culture within our churches, a place of welcome, a place of grace, uh, where all who come through the doors are met with the love and the salvation that is found in Christ alone. Ray Ortland and Sam Alberry, my guests, they tag teamed on this book, co-authored You're Not Crazy, Gospel Sanity for Weary Churches. We want to encourage you to pick up a copy, and I've alluded to this, I don't think it's just a copy for you but you may want to think about your leadership team at your church reading through this, or maybe your small group reading through this. It's such a joy to have Ray and Sam on with me. I promise we go to the phone lines. Let's do that. Chattanooga, Tennessee, Chris is listening. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for calling. Uh, what's your question? Hey, good afternoon. Um, my question is, so, um, I've been an elder at a local church for this is going on a seventh year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this last two years, uh, there's been an incredible amount of church hurt, 
um, typically where people have disagreements. And the, of course, it, it's heartbreaking um, to go and sit with people and listen to things that could have been prevented. However, the real heartbreak is in, to me, is that people choose uh, to nourish uh, what's hurting them instead of letting that go and sitting down and moving forward uh, with love for each other and for love for Christ. I know that it's like a it's like a running music in the back of my head, uh, just the experience of all that. Mm-hmm. So if you would maybe pray for me that um, Jesus would yes. continue to strengthen me and uh, give me courage to face um, this beautiful bounty that he's uh, that he's given in front of me thank you chris yeah. yeah chris first off love your heart thank you for serving the body of christ the bride of christ the way that you have um sam man church hurt we could do a whole show on this i just did a webinar on this topic um uh, we could do an entire show on this um and he used a phrase nurturing the church hurt uh, is become the prevailing culture environment what what do you say to that? How do you overcome that? Yeah, it's very hard. And again, Chris, thank you for all you're doing for your for your church in in Chattanooga. It we're so it, it's so hard because in our our culture right now we we nurture grievance and we we've turned we've turned victimhood into a virtue. And so even when there has been real hurt, the culture doesn't want us to to sort of learn from it or to move forwards through that hurt, it wants us to just sit in it and to sort of almost revel in it. So we've got all of that going against us. But I think, you know, in in the Christian world, reconciliation and forgiveness are so important as we think through hurts we've received from others that we try to forgive in our own hearts. We try to, to sort of seek reconciliation where we can. That's not always possible, but Paul says, if possible, we're to be at peace with all with all men. So if we can patch things up or help someone learn how they've hurt us, um, not to get back at them or to scold them, but for them to grow, then that's that's obviously the most sought after way forwards. That's not always possible. But in our own hearts, we need to we need to understand how hurt affects us, but we need to make sure we're not just sitting in it and, and, and staying there, but we're bringing the gospel to bear on it. We're, we're looking at the hurts we've received alongside the hurts that we've inflicted. We're looking at what we need to forgive alongside what Christ has forgiven us. And so we're, we're wanting to move forwards with Jesus. And some of that hurt may remain for many years. Some of those wounds can be lifelong. Um, but we, we want to, to allow that pain to, to push us deeper into Jesus and not into sort of becoming self-absorbed. That that would be the danger. I want to pray for you, Chris. I couldn't say amen stronger to what Sam just shared with you. I think one of the questions that every church needs to ask itself is how and in what ways is the culture influencing us? Uh, I think it's a myth to assume that we are insulated from that. Um, but But let's acknowledge it. And uh, certainly in this area, forgiveness, reconciliation, hurt, woundedness, there are, there are impulses that we get from the broader culture and community. 
we also need to tell the stories of blessing, of uh, friendship, of joy that has come from being a part of the, the, the family of faith and the covenant community. But Chris, I want to pray for you and uh, your weary heart, and I want you to stay on the line. My producer is going to give you complimentary a copy of Ray and Sam's book and just remind you, brother, that you're not crazy for wanting a gospel culture within your church. Father, thank you so much for Chris. Thank you for your call on his life. Thank you for the grace that you have promised him. Thank you for the abiding presence of the Spirit. I pray that he would know your rich encouragement, your strengthening today, and that you would allow him to experience the fullness of joy in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, Stay on the line, Chris. We want to be a blessing to you. Ray, let's talk about the preaching. Uh, So for so many, uh, man, that's the highlight of the gathering is opening up the text of Scripture and being able to hear the message. How do we experience the gospel there? Mm. Uh, And let me just uh, add, uh, Chris, my my respect and commendation to this dear man in Chattanooga, uh, steadily faithful, rugged. His heart is tender in the best ways, and may God bless that dear guy. Mm. Um, Yeah, but preaching here... (laughs) About a, a year or two ago, Chris, I made the mistake of uh, looking at some sermons I preached back in the 1980s, and <laughs> <laughs> I found a bunch of hard copies, right? Um, yeah. And they were horrible. I mean, it was painful reading these wretched sermons I preached. And what was the problem? The problem was, without even realizing it, I honestly believed it was my responsibility as a pastor to help these sorry Christians get their act together and, you know, try harder, pedal faster, do more, and so forth. And so that's how I preached. When I opened up the Bible, and I always preached directly from the Bible, but the way I read the Bible was wrong. I read the Bible as demand and challenge and confrontation rather than as good news for bad people through the finished work of Christ on the cross and the endless power of the Holy Spirit. I read the Bible as law, not gospel. Now, we'd we'd revere and love God's holy law. But how do we fulfill the law? It's by looking at Jesus. And by we can only let our guard down and really let him into those dark places inside us where we're the roots of every sin we commit. We can only let that happen when we see his grace toward us. I believe, Chris, the risen Christ above right now at this moment loves us all, each one of us, the most tenderly at the very point in our existence where where we are the most inexcusable. And if Jesus doesn't love us there, then we need to find another Savior. But we're not going to do that because he really is the Savior of sinners. Mm. When Matthew chapter 1 says he will save his people from their sins, it does not say he will save his people from ever becoming sinners. It is sinners for whom Jesus came. 
So I just want to preach that way. And, and I'm no good at it. I, I never feel successful. And if I do ever feel successful, that's a warning sign, but I sure want to preach the gospel to people who are like me. And so that by the end of the sermon, we're all in the same place. We're, yes. we're looking to the Lord and we're saying, Lord, I'm a mess, but I want to be your mess now. You know, you, you keep saying something that I hope folks are picking up on, and that is you're, you're including yourself in the need for all of this. And, and let me just say, I think that is such a mind shift. And Sam, I, I'd love for you to just talk about um, maybe some of the hindrances to creating the type of gas, uh, grace-filled, rather, grace-filled church culture that we want to create. But I just want to say this last thing, Ray, and that is I am <clears throat> ever mindful, and I think I'm a better preacher when I realize that I need the gospel just as much as the person who feels as far away from Christ as a person can feel. Um, when I start thinking, hey, the gospel is for them, mm-hmm. then I get in trouble. But yes. when I when I approach preaching from the perspective of, Lord, my heart needs this. Yes. Uh, then I think it 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 be it it, it reflects in the preaching moment. Sam, what are, in your opinion, just maybe a couple of the hindrances to creating a grace-filled culture? Yeah, the the biggest one is is normally me. Um, (laughs) And and what what, what you just articulated, it's, you know, Paul says in Romans 12, verse 3, not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. And we, we do, that's our default. And like you say, we turn the gospel into oh, those those other people really need to hear that. Yeah. And I, I, you know, one of the first ever verses I memorized as a as a young Christian was First Timothy one fifteen, the trustworthy saying, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I didn't memorize the last bit, which where Paul says of which I'm the foremost. Yeah. And I I don't think it's because Paul was objectively a bigger sinner than all the other Christians in the, in the, you know, the first century church. I think it's because the sin we see the most that we have the most access to is our own. Mm -hmm. I, I can spend a lot of time with, with you, Chris, that would be, that would be great, but I'm not going to see inside your heart. I do see inside my own heart. And so Paul, Paul seems to have this perspective that the, the, the Oscar for the biggest sinner goes to me. Wow. And if, if we can let that sink in, then actually it will help us be the kind of people other people feel safe confessing sins to, because we won't look down on them. We won't be surprised. We won't be aloof. We won't be scolding because we're too familiar with our own sin. So you I know, think one, that for me is the single biggest thing. One of the questions I find myself asking of my own heart often, Sam, is, uh, is my you know, sin arouses my anger at times, you know, and and I don't think that's wrong. I think when we see injustice, when we see mistreatment, marginalization, mm-hmm. abuses, it should arouse um, our emotions. We shouldn't be dispassionate about those things. But I often find myself checking my own heart and asking this question, is my anger more aroused at my sin or the sin of others. 
And for me, that becomes a litmus test of whether or not I'm properly seeing the gospel. And friends, um, I, I hope that what you see in this conversation is that if, if we can have churches like this, what a healing and redemptive and restorative move of God would sweep across our land. I think this book has great potential to minister to the church in ways so desperately needed. So I'm going to step out of the way. Last break of the day. Go to our website. Order your copy for you, your leadership team, your entire church. Go now to equipradio.org. We'll be right back. On Equip, we tackle the tough issues, and there sure have been many this past year. But we continue to confront them with the relevant biblical truth of the gospel. As we turn to a new year, will you join our Christ-centered approach by becoming an auto-gift monthly partner? Keep Equip on the air in your community and across the nation. Your $30, $50, or $85 a month gift will make a huge difference in this new year. Equip yourself and make a difference for Christ and his kingdom at the same time by calling 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. I love, love, love the fact that we have been blessed to have listeners all over the world. And I want to say a special thank you to Busy Mana who's listening in Uganda right now. What a cool reality that God is connecting us all over the world. Whether you are in the States or Canada or Uganda, uh, I just want to encourage you that the truth of the gospel and the grace of uh, Jesus is available to you, and I pray that your church will be deeply impacted by the book You're Not Crazy, and, uh, man, we want to give away a couple of copies. We'll do that to a few friends through social media as well. So you go to Facebook and Twitter, just say, I need that. Our church needs that. And we'll pick a few names and bless you with a complimentary copy of You're Not Crazy. So grateful to have Ray Ortland and Sam Alberry with me today. All right, here's the question I've been wanting to ask the entire program. Who is... Reverend Dr. T.J. Timms. <laughs> oh, gosh. Sam, how would you introduce T.J.? <laughs> T.J. is the, the lead pastor at Emmanuel and uh, succeeded Ray in that role when Ray stepped back in 2019. Uh, and we, we both are so, I mean, he's a, also a very dear, close friend of ours yeah. as well. Uh, but we, we love having T.J. as our pastor. Um, T.J. is... He's recently turned 40, but in, in kind of wisdom years is, is much, much older than that. And um, he's, yeah. a, he's a wonderful, precious brother in Christ. Um, yeah. We love a TJ. Dear, yep, a dear personal friend. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to give you that opportunity because it is so good to hear men in particular, but I just think people in general light up when they talk mm. about their pastor. That's a and good point. It, you know, so often, hey, we get the brunt of uh, so much, and yet uh, what, what a blessing it is to have a pastor 
who cares deeply for the community, deeply for um, your soul, and, um, and, and loves the family of faith. And so big shout out to TJ and uh, grateful. And, and let me just encourage those of you who are listening to be an encouragement to your pastor, be an encouragement to their family, to their spouse. Uh, this would be a great time to just say, I appreciate you. Um, let's just talk real quickly, Sam, about this is a time of year. I know at our church where we are wanting to celebrate all that God has done over this year, but we're also laying before the church some things to pray for that we are hoping that the Lord will, by his grace, allow us to participate in in, uh, in the upcoming year. How do we avoid placing mission above community? Chris, I can't remember who you just directed that question to. Well, <laughs> I you, can, I promise. You, can, you can answer and Ray can answer as well. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, we, um, th- there is a danger. We, we want to be people who, who share the gospel of Jesus. We, we've received it undeservingly. And we want as many people to get in on it as we as as they can, because if if we've been able to find forgiveness in Jesus, who are we to to hold that back from other people? So we 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 deeply believe in mission. One of the dangers I think we're trying to articulate in the book is if we put that at the center of church life, we displace the other things that should be there, and the result is we end up doing less mission. And I, I think I've seen this a few times where churches have been very, okay, we exist to share the gospel with those who don't know Jesus, uh, which is not untrue, but it, it's very, very incomplete. That is not the the central reason the church exists. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a church in the new creation. And the trouble is it can make the church, again, very performative, as if church isn't really for the Christian because we're all sorted now that we're in. The yeah. church is for the non-Christian. And again, that can make it harder for the Christian to articulate their own ongoing need. Reached people need the gospel too. Yeah. So yeah. mission will, will result when we are doing our internal gospel culture health well. That will actually mm-hmm. turn yeah. eyes in the world around us. Yeah. Ray, 30 seconds, final word. Well, first of all, Chris, uh, thank you for giving us the privilege of being on your program today. The last thing I want to say is thank you to every steadily faithful pastor, elder, deacon, Sunday school teacher, and so forth out there listening to us right now. Thank you for loving the Lord, serving Him, putting Him first. You're awesome. Just keep going. You're not crazy. Friends, I I think I speak on behalf of all of us when I say thank you to Ray, to Sam. You're not crazy. I could not agree more. What a timely book for helping us to create gospel culture within our churches. Friends, I want to encourage you to go to our website. Until we're together again next time, as always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.